Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Bibles to Bibles podcast. I am your CEO, Sue, aka Bibles. And I'm Chi, aka Bubbles. That's it. You're I, just I Chi? really fail at these titles. Yeah. Can you come up with the list for me? No. This is it's, not. It's been. We've literally done five podcasts plus maybe where I was unable to come up with a good title. Not because not. It's not that you're unable to come up with a good title. It's that you just haven't done it. Right. Yeah. See, I don't do it either, but. I just think of something that's high class and boom, that's me. You Maybe know? I should just come up with names like like what? Like how we do when we play D and D. Okay. Let me I see. am no name. You're no name. I am the no name monk. You're AKA n- Babus. <laughs> how are you a no name monk and then have an also known as <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I really did have a monk character named No Name. His name is No Name. Yeah, his name is No Name. He's a No Name monk. But that—that's his name. So people, so he doesn't have a name to be referred to. So people call him the No Name monk. You got that from the anime, huh? What anime? The, I don't even watch anime. Yes, you do. Is that the um, sort of a, of the stranger? No, I came up with this uh, No Name monk. Way before I saw No, Sword you did not. You yes, saw I Sword did. of I promise. No. Dude, you were even playing D&D when you um, watched uh, Sword of the Stranger. I did. I played it. I didn't start watching anime until like two years ago. So, you're saying you saw Sword of, Sword of the Stranger two years ago? Yes. You do? You are such a liar. <laughs> That's true. Dude. A true story. I did see Sword of the Okay, maybe not two years ago. Three years ago. <laughs> three years ago was the first I, time I really you saw Sword of the Stranger. I didn't start watching anime until three years ago. That was when I discovered Haiku. Dude, yeah, but Sword of the Stranger is a movie. Yeah, but I didn't watch Sword of a Stranger until like three years ago. Duh, you watched Sword of the Stranger in like 2014. And how did Sword of a Stranger help me come up with a no-name monk? Because his name is no-name. Oh, really? That's why the, the movie's called Sword of the Stranger. He doesn't have a name, so they call him Natashi, like Natashi or something like that, which is it was his Japanese for no name. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't even know that. No, you, you oh. <laughs> but the things is like working in the background, like your subconscious is. I honestly thought his name was Natashi. Yeah, but it means no name. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, you did. I don't know Japanese. Yes, you do. You look Japanese. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am Japanese. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But yeah, so your, your monk is no name. The name is blank. Yeah, you don't remember my monk? No. My beastie monk nope. that was able to... No, that was my fairy. No, it was your monk. Was it my monk? Yeah, it was your monk. My monk had those super... Oh, I had marbles, remember, as my weapons? Oh, man, it was dude, you're so the good. worst. This dude here shooting, shooting uh, yeah, craps. My, yeah. <laughs> shooting dices hey, at people. Hey, man. No, I don't remember. You know why? Because I don't have a name to remember him by. Yeah, his name was no name, monk. No, his name was a blank. He was a beast. You know how you you know you know uh, how he knows that people are talking to him when it's silence, huh? Who calling me? (laughs) 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 I I do have to admit that I think that was probably one of my favorite characters in D anD. D 
You you just got lucky. My no name monk. You just got lucky. He was a badass. You just got lucky. With his marbles. Eight marbles. Eight marbles. That every time he would shoot it, it would come right back to him. Dude, yeah, exactly. Pocket. You were lucky that uh, uh, the DM was allowed you to have <laughs> returning marbles. Hey, man. What? So? <laughs> you know how broken you, you that is? You guys had like sabers and like machetes yeah. and stuff. Regular weapons. <laughs> you had magical marbles that shoot out and when you shoot it out, it comes back it into your pocket. It would shoot out and do seven damage. Seven billion damage. <laughs> that was the smallest amount of damage ever. It was not the smallest. Seven damage. Seven damage is more than you're punching. It, it hit harder than your punch. Yeah. And then it comes back. <laughs> yeah. It comes back in your pocket. And you needed uh, key points. And do I had unlimited key points with those marbles. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You got lucky that the DM liked you and was allowed you to do all this stuff, man. Man, I was a beast. I My carried, guy. I carried the entire campaign. Yeah. That's because you're a girl. <laughs> I tell you right now. It's because you were a girl. It's true. You're a girl. And he wanted you to... Uh, the DM wanted you to to continue playing with us, so he gave you special privileges. That, that was, I do have to admit, that was my first D&D game where I created my own character, mm. had to, yeah. you know, make my own decisions. Yeah, and then you have some overpower things like Man. endless marbles, endless okay. cheese. I wasn't the one who, you know, decided to be a, what do you call it, um... Spartan. Hey, hey, don't you start. <laughs> Spartan with a... <laughs> don't you start. What did you have? A spear? <laughs> yeah, regular regular weapons. Then, How are you going to make yeah, fun of a dude who has regular up, weapons? You ended up getting injured like halfway through, lost your spear, and ended up with what? <laughs> I didn't get injured, okay? That campaign was straight up to sabotage me, okay? <laughs> First of all... First of all, you had special leniency on your character, <laughs> allowing you to do whatever. That Unlimited chi. You were like seven feet tall. You were a Spartan with yeah. a like eleven foot long spear. Yeah. You had like a unbreachable shield. No, I did and not. All I had any. was my agility and my no name. <laughs> I did not have any of those things. You are such a liar, okay? And I still carried the You're campaign. such a liar, okay? I think it was like a level 11 campaign. Uh, I played the character as the rules. Is nothing special about my sparring character, okay? There were some... I, I planned like a whole weekend. And then he... You did! And then he threw us into a a uh, winter campaign. Oh yeah. Didn't even say anything. <laughs> Didn't even prepare us. Just threw us into a winter campaign and my my sparring guy froze pretty much. <laughs> he was out here like looking like Leonidas, you know, in the middle of Antarctica in his underwear. <laughs> Leonidas know. survived the snow. Yeah, cause he killed a wolf. <laughs> we were getting chased by like 30 wolves or something like that and it was just like yeah, it was. You should have been a monk. Shut up. You would have outrun the the wolves. No, the wolves wasn't the point. The the, the cold killed me. <laughs> you, you see, you should have been a monk. You would have had the chi energy to stay warm. Yeah, the unlimited chi that you were yeah. graciously granted <laughs> to have unlimited chi. This it, dude. It's called key points. Okay. Oh yeah, key points. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you would know. <laughs> unlimited key points. You have like I think the monk supposed to get like. 
10 of those or something. You got unlimited. You're here just key everywhere. Key, key, key. You're like <laughs> Oprah. Everyone has a key. You want a hey, key? Here's a key. I only had unlimited key points to my marbles. To your marbles? I don't remember. Yeah, there, I don't remember. There how were other moves I could have done, but I would have had to use, like, I, I was only allotted seven key points for those. So I just used my marbles. Yeah, unlimited, unlimited magical marbles. Yeah. <laughs> this dude. Okay. Anyways, moving <laughs> on. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to hear about. So it. today, my name is no name. Yeah. No, your name is, AKA Bubbles. <laughs> AKA Bubbles. That's your name. Your name is just silence. Yeah, silence. Huh? <laughs> Who calling me? <laughs> Someone talking about me? This dude. Anywho. What's on the chopping blocks today? I kind of want to talk about being Hmong. Sure. What Hmong is. I don't think people know what Hmong is. Uh, Hmong are a group of tribal uh, people that are scattered along the mountains of Southeast Asia, specifically Thailand and Laos. All right, and we'll catch you guys in the next Bowers of Bowers <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, there's there's more history to being Hmong. I think we are an extension of of uh, the Chinese yeah race. We were, we were we were Chinese and then became Hmong. I think we were actually Hmong people were actually Chinese originally, but they were uh, yeah. running away from no. persecution. No, oh, I mean, we used to be a. This is a story I, that the um, my Hmong professor taught me. We were all taking Hmong class in college. See, then well, you should know a lot more about Hmong history. Yeah, but I wasn't paying. This is like oh. what I remember. <clears throat> I remember that a long time ago, probably like two hundred years, three hundred years ago. Some, somewhere around there. Uh, we used to live in mainland China on the south side, the south southern China. Mm-hmm. And we, um, if I recall correctly, don't quote me, we were a contender of, uh, we our group was a contender of ruling over China. Like, oh, this yeah. was when China was like divided. Right, this is when China like, was divided, like five different dynasties. Right, exactly. Mm. And then we were like, we. Wh- which we, group were we? I don't know. The winners. <laughs> the winners. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we were winning, and then clearly what, not. Well, okay. No, this is what happened. Apparently, this is what happened. China saw saw us as, as a threat. Okay, so then they banded together just to kick us out. Oh. So then that's because the you know story goes that we were strong enough to defeat uh, any one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were able to put up a fight. But we weren't strong enough to, to be defeat them all together. Right, all together. Okay. But and China knew that they couldn't defeat us one by one. So they came together and then kicked us out and then continued their uh, little uh, warfare. Yeah, so they kicked us out and then we had to migrate south. <clears throat> and we just kept migrating, migrating, migrating until we ended up in uh, Laos, Laos, Thailand. Until we ended up in like in Southeast Asia. Yeah, pretty basically. much. And then we were like so, I guess, lost a lot of people. And then we just became this like tribal people that lives in the, the hills and the mountains. Yeah. That's essentially how it goes. 
And that that could explain why we have like clans and like last name, different last names. Mm-hmm. Because I, th- I think we kind of took that from uh, China. I don't know a lot about the the Chinese culture. I don't know, but the things I know that China back in the day had clans too. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of like we kind of probably took that from them. Mm. And how many clans do we have? Like eighteen? Yeah, right now we have eighteen officially, eighteen, but. I, I don't know like all of them. Yeah. I know like the main like 10. Yeah. And clans are based on your last name. Right. So your last name determines which clan you're a part of. Right. So it's kind of like, it's kind of cool and kind of like sad at the same time because like, it's cool that you could go anywhere and then as long as you have like the same last name as an as a Hmong person. Yeah. You technically kind of like family. Yeah. And then they see you as family. Right. Right. And then, but the things that if they go to other clans, they're like, oh, you're just a Hmong person. Like, you're not our family. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know? Which is kind of sad when you think about it because there's not that many of us. Yeah, that's true. So, anywho, um, yeah, so we, we settled in Laos and the southern, Southeast Asia, as you said, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we just live in huts, <laughs> you know. It was like very, very. Uh, you know the, the, the you know living. you know the three little piggy stories. Yeah, the we, straw we, house, the hay house. Yeah, we were the first pigs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We were the first pig. That that's how we lived. No electricity, just uh. You know, we still walk around with like candles and like <laughs> torches. And uh, yeah, so, anyways, we lived there for, you know, until the Vietnam War. And then from the Vietnam War, that's a whole issue on its own. We could like talk about that some other time. But yeah. because of the Vietnam War happened, we helped out the uh, Americans. When they backed out, we essentially were left to die. Yeah. So then they're like, well, we can't leave them to die because they helped us. So uh, we were able to find passage to America because of the Vietnam War. But we we did lose a lot of people in the Vietnam War. I remember my dad telling me about how, like, from his village, it was like him and, like, a group of people from his village. And, you know, my dad... Um, ran like a company of like a hundred people or something like that mm-hmm. and he was like in charge and at the end of the war there's only like four or five of them left like Man, everyone else died that's crazy yeah to to know that your parents witnessed war yeah because my mom would tell me stories about how during the vietnam war when they were relocating from like laos to thailand they um had to run through villages that were under siege or like right basically under siege by communists right and they were literally crawling under the huts crawling through bushes so that they wouldn't be seen by the communists and and you know not get captured because if you're if you get captured that's basically execution right yeah. there because, because they know at that point in time that we were fighting against them. Right. Yeah. And my mom would tell me that this was when she was like 12 years old and they were running um, from Laos to Thailand. She would see dead bodies 
on the side of roads. Yeah. And it was just something that was, that became so normal that you kind of become numb to it. Right. You know, man. And I, I can't imagine. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Something like, like that. Like just to see, think from my, my dad's point of view, you know, like people that you hang out with gone the next mm-hmm. day, gone that night. And you know, the group that you showed up with, 95% of them dead. Yeah. And after I told him, I was like, what happens when you you lose all these people? And he said they would just go to the village and they recruit the brothers. You know, when the older brother dies, the younger brother comes. And he said that at one point, we used to have 12-year-olds fighting for us. 11, 12-year-olds. Yeah. And that was like towards the end. And then, like, you know, even though the war was over, technically over, uh, we still face prosecution, genocide, and a lot of us had to run. Had to continue running. Right. And it was like running all the time. Like mm-hmm. there was really no safe safe place mm-hmm. to be Hmong. Exactly. Unless you were in a refugee camp. And even then, mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes those refugee, refugee camps close mm-hmm. or like just they just disregard it and then just have, you know, everyone in there slaughtered. Yeah. So my parents came, uh, in the your, your parents came in like the like nineteen ninety four, right? Yeah, kind of like one of the like last few waves of yeah. people that got out of the um, the war. But um, and you know, enough about that. But I was you you your parents came in the early eighties, right? Yeah, my parents came in the early eighties. They were part of like the first few waves to, um. To Come the to US. America, yeah. yeah. That's because your dad was a uh, a nurse. My dad worked as a nurse during the Vietnam right. War, right? So mm-hmm. then, so he never he didn't really see battle. So I think that's why he was like one of the first few that got out. Yeah, he he really didn't see what my mom saw. Mm-hmm. My mom saw dead bodies. My dad was trying to save people's lives. Oh, your basically. dad saw dead bodies well, too. Yeah, but yeah, but in a different, you know, in a different way. Yeah, in a different matter. Yeah, so then, uh, yeah, so I didn't get here. So I, I was technically, well, not technically, I wasn't born uh, uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I was born back in Thailand. And yeah, so then we didn't come until like three years later into the U.S. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't, I don't remember any of my memories from, from Thailand. Because you were too young. Yeah, I was too young. I didn't get here until like I was two, three. So at that point, like, I, I just, I, all my memories is just living in the U.S. But um, <clears throat> anyways, like I said, most most of the Hmong people who who came to America ended up going to um, Cali, California, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. That was like the three major uh, states that Hmong people reside in. Yeah, and it's interesting because a lot of these Hmong families uh, were often um, sponsored by missionaries. Yeah. So they were sponsored by like church families. Yep. So then when they arrived to the U.S., it was instantly, all right, we sponsored you. So now come to church with us. And so a lot of Hmong people ended up converting. Yeah. But I mean, a good portion of them still kept. I think I think now there's more people going to church mm-hmm. than there was when they first originally came. Yeah. I think a lot of people converted to um, to Christianity and, and Catholics. What's it called? Like. Catholic Catholicism. Yeah, <laughs> you can't say that. Yeah, <laughs> say it. Catholicism. Oh, see, there you go. Good job. But I don't want to use it. 
because I, I don't want to. Just because I don't want to. I don't know. Okay. Because I know I'm going to mess up in the future, so I don't want to use it now. Because <laughs> I heard you say it, so I remember how to say it. But once the conversation goes on for like 10 more minutes, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. Um, and you know, the, the, the weird thing about Hmong people is that we didn't have a written language. And speaking of missionaries, they were the ones that created the, the written language for us. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that they wanted us to read the Bible or have a Hmong Bible. Yeah. But without a written language, you can't have a Bible. Right. So then they created one for us. So that's why uh, the Hmong language is based off the alphabet. Mm-hmm. But it's it's different. We use the same letters, but they have different meanings. And they don't sound the same. So I, that was a good thing that the missionaries did for us. So in a way, we kind of owe a lot to uh, religion. But the religion that the Hmong people were... Majority of the Hmong people is... Uh, shamanism right yeah so we believe in the spirit world we believe in spiritual um activities and spiritual people and we have like shamans like we believe in an afterlife yeah we believe in reincarnation we believe in talking to the dead Mm -hmm. we believe in ghosts believe in like we we believe in other dimensions and yeah yeah the spirit realm right things like that i don't think we could i don't think they're called demons i think you think they're called demons Mm -hmm. i think they're more like bad spirits than it is really demons no they're called demons you think think da's da's are demons da's and young okay demons (laughs) yeah so we believe in all that stuff so I mean I could like delve a little deeper into this the um, shamanism of Hmong mm-hmm. people, but I I'm not like particularly involved in that world a lot. So I yeah. could just give you my right. viewpoint. Our, our knowledge on it. about that aspect of the shaman religion is very little. Yeah, like like uh, I think by the time we were, or the time I was like twelve, thirteen years old, we have transitioned more towards church. But you have more experience with right. with shamanism. Right. I have zero experience with shamanism. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like I could give you the rundown on certain things that I've experienced, mm-hmm. you know, but I can't tell you the reason why or what right. exactly is going on. But I could tell you from what I saw and and what I what I was told. But then, like I said, but then by the time I hit like around 13 years old, we we mostly transitioned to uh, church. So we started going to church. And we stopped doing a lot of those um, shaman yeah. rituals. I've I've gone to church all my life, well, up until I was like maybe sixteen years old. But that was all I've ever known. So I don't know anything about uh, shamanism rituals. You know how well you know the purpose of those rituals, anything like that. So, yeah, I can't really give my knowledge about that either. Yeah, because you don't have any knowledge. I mean, like I hear I hear my parents talk about it, but it's always like if you've never seen it with your own two eyes, you've never really experienced it, then you don't really understand what they're saying. Yeah. So, like I said, we're just kind of glossing over everything because I feel like this is more of an introduction of like, you know, 
like what would you say like of what Hmong people is or like what what is Hmong? I, I wouldn't even say what Hmong people are. It's just it's more of like our personal experiences being Hmong. Well, I mean, like I'm talking about like like this podcast is meant more for a overview to people who don't know what Hmong people oh, sure. are. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like I said, we could spend a whole we could spend a whole podcast talking about shamanism. We could spend a whole podcast talking about the Vietnam War and what like our parents went through. But yeah, so this this podcast is kind of like an overview of like okay. Yeah, not a lot of uh, people know who Hmong people are. Um, when we moved down to Austin, nobody knows. No one knew. There's no Hmong people in Austin. I would go to work, and people would ask me about my um, ethnicity, ethnicity, or they would assume that I'm either like Chinese or Japanese or Filipino, and I'm like, no, I'm Hmong. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is Mongolian. Oh, like Mongolians. Yeah, and I'm like. No, no, no. I'm Hmong, like H M O N G, Hmong. And their face would just be like, huh? You know, you know when dogs are confused? Like, huh? Yeah. Huh? Like they just move their head back and forth, like, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So down here in Texas, no one knows. Yeah, because there's like no Hmong people here. Like if you go to Dallas, maybe there's some, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple families that live in Dallas, and I think here in Austin, I uh, us, yeah, us, <laughs> and maybe like two other people. <laughs> yeah, that are going to the University of Austin. <laughs> They're not even family; they just attending Austin yeah. University. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so like uh, these these areas that doesn't like doesn't have any population among people or very few. Like I I expect people in in Dallas don't know among people. I think because there's. A, a good handful of people that live in Dallas. I think people in Dallas are becoming more aware of the Hmong Yeah, community. but I guarantee you, like, there's a lot of them that don't know. That oh, sure. Hmong oh, yeah, existed. of course. I'm sure there's still a ton of them that don't know about Hmong people, but yeah. the knowledge of them is a lot better in Dallas now because yeah. there are Hmong people because that live of, there. Because of Gran Torino. I said it. <laughs> That's funny. That's true. I didn't meet, I didn't meet um, a person when I mentioned to them that I was Hmong the first thing he said to me was, "Oh, like like uh, Grand, Grand Torino? Torino," and I said, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> hey, man! But the thing is that, like, people may not notice it, but Hmong people has been uh, part of the American culture for quite a while. Yeah, for quite a while. I remember um, there was a um, what's that guy's name? That gay actor. House. Oh, sorry. not house. It wasn't gay, on house. Gay actor. Yeah, uh, uh, from um, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, Neil. Yeah, Neil. What's his last name? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, it's not Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> but I did meet him, and he did give me some gay vibes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Neil. <clears throat> uh, dude, I forgot. But anyways, Neil, when he was oh uh, Neil Harrison. Neil Patrick Harrison. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Neil Patrick like, Harrison. I knew I'm, I was missing like a couple syllables. Yeah. Uh, in his early days, he was um, uh, he was on a, t- a TV oh, show. Oh, he was on Scrubs. No, it wasn't Scrubs. Oh, <laughs> it was like, a TV show just on him. It was like Doogie Howser or something. Oh, like that, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where sure. like he was like this uh, super genius doctor who was like 15 years old, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and. There was an episode of Hmong people. 
on there. So that's what I'm saying. Like that was like a long time ago. Yeah, so there was like these like small in- inclinations of um of Hmong people spread throughout American uh culture. Yeah. There's a a story like that on Grey's Anatomy as well. Yeah, see, Hmong people mm-hmm. and then Grand Torino, Clint Eastwood, thank you. Mm-hmm. Even though some of the things you've done. Batman. Yeah, thank Batman. You. No, not Batman. It was uh it, uh It was Batman. No, it was uh Justice League. No, it was Batman. I thought it was Justice League. It was the, oh, was it? It was the Batman versus Superman. Yeah, Justice League. Oh, okay. I I don't know the name. Wait, was it Justice League? No, I thought it was just called Batman. (laughs) Stop it. You're making me angry. Stop it. I'm going to look it up right now. This was the first movie with... um, Ben Affleck as Batman. Right. Yeah, it's. I, I'm pretty sure. And it he was he just- came down to a dark cellar, and there was that uh, a Hmong actress who was speaking Hmong to him. Uh, oh, it was it was Batman versus Superman. See, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's in the beginning. There was there was Hmong prisoners in a sense. Yeah. But anyway, we're going off topic. Um, I forgot what. The t- oh yeah. Um, uh, even though as small as. We are population wise mm-hmm. to the US. Like we, we we still have like little indications of us being here. Of our existence. Yeah, of our existence. <laughs> but but you know, growing up in Milwaukee, that's where like most people in Milwaukee I would say right now know about Hmong people. Yeah. Yeah. But but back in like the early nineties, uh not early nineties, the late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. When I was like going to school and like meeting people and stuff that, they always ask me like, you know, what are you? And I say Hmong, and they're like, what's that? You know why? Because when you're in college, you have people from all over the country. No, this not in college. This is just like the neighborhood. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is me legitimately like, like okay, like you know, for example, middle school, high school, but just older people I meet throughout the neighborhoods at the store, Mm -hmm. things like that, you know, who just ask me. Yeah, they don't know about Hmong people. That's interesting because I've never experienced that before. Like when I lived in Milwaukee, I, when someone asked what my ethnicity was, I would always tell them that I'm Hmong. And they knew exactly, you know, mm-hmm. what group of people I was a part of. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I, I had the exact opposite. You know, I, I would get curious questions like, oh, can you tell me a little bit more about like, you know, like, what do you guys like to eat? And, you know, things like that or more about your culture. But it was never a, okay, well, like, what's that before uh, until until we moved to Texas? And, and, then, and then it got annoying. Yeah. See, because that's what I, that was, <laughs> what, that was what I grew up with. You know, it was like, what's that? What's that? Mm-hmm. You know? <clears throat> yeah, but... So, like, if you grew up in Milwaukee, because even, like, we have a big population in Milwaukee and um, Eau Claire had some. Yeah, Green Bay. Yeah, Wausau, Green Bay, Wausau. Sheboygan. I think Wausau had a lot. Wausau is, like, one of the bigger ones that has a lot of bone uh, people living there. But if you go to, like, the other areas, like, I bet you didn't win the money. Like, even in Madison, there were still some people who don't know. Like, I'm talking about, like, the early, uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. I guarantee there's a lot of people in Madison that didn't um, know. Because not a lot of Hmong people live in Madison. They live in like some period in the outskirts of Madison. No, no, no. Oh, you really? There's a ton of Hmong people in Madison. Oh, really? My entire family of like 200 of them lives in Madison. Madison or the outskirts of Madison? No, Madison. Oh, okay. 
why do you think all the low income housings are usually Hmong people? Damn, that's what we have. That, yeah, and I mean, I, <clears throat> I'm not attacking, you know. The no. Hmong people who live in low-income housing. Yeah, you're representing <laughs> because you still live there. All right, that's true. Nothing wrong about being poor. You know what I'm saying? Because when we, yeah, because you know when we first came to the U.S., we literally have nothing. We just had clothes on our backs. Yeah, when when my parents first came to the U.S., the first place they relocated or were, you know, located to was Madison. Ah, uh, okay. So you know, immediately you have to. You know, people in that area have to know about the Hmong people. Mm, okay. But, um, yeah. But, so anyways, as, as I was saying, <clears throat> uh, Minnesota, Cali, Wisconsin, even though we have a big, like, group of We have of a Hmong, larger, like, a higher concentration of Hmong people in those states. Right. But even then, like, that, that those numbers aren't big. Right. I think, I think what there's only like maybe 80,000 of us not even I think you looked it up the other day total? I think we were like 200 200k total was it yeah total home people in the US 200k 200 yeah you know? Oh, that's right. I think there was like eighty thousand in like Cali, and then yeah, like there was like fifty in Minnesota, like and then thirty like twenty in yeah. Wisconsin, and then like little pockets of groups of Hmong people spread throughout. Yeah, scattered in other areas. But the thing is, that like we 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 not only did relocate in the U.S., we also relocated in like France. I know there's like French, oh, yeah. French Hmong. Oh yeah. There's Chinese Hmong. Mm-hmm. There's Australian Hmong. You have Australian Hmong cousins. Yeah, from my mom's side, I have a um, an uncle that lives down in Australia, and I went to I think I went to see them last year, no, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I visited them, and you know what the weird thing was. When they spoke English, <laughs> there was the they, of course they have the Australian accent, but yeah. when they spoke Hmong, it was like perfect Hmong. <laughs> and I was just like, "What is going on?" You know, <laughs> you were expecting them to have an Australian yeah. Hmong accent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like you know, some sort of like Australian accent of it, like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey brother, <laughs> hey mate." <laughs> hey, come on, here, come have some food, with me, mate. You know, but when they spoke Hmong, it's like as if like we were as if they were from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, I understand you clearly. Like <laughs> your Hmong is way better than mine. It's like, what the heck? Anybody's <clears throat> Hmong is better than That's yours. <laughs> Anywho, speaking of the Hmong language, uh, there is two dialects of Hmong language. Yeah. There is uh, Hmong white and <laughs> Hmong green. Mm-hmm. So in the Hmong uh, term is is Hmong Dal, aka Hmong White, and then Hmong Jaw or Hmong Lang, right? Which is uh Hmong Green, mm-hmm. and the uh, Hmong Green, I kind of like, I kind of put Hmong Green towards like the the Southern Alabama <laughs> dialect. It has that like twang? Yeah, to yeah. It. <laughs> you know that roll off the tongue kind of twang. Yeah. What is what's y'all doing down here? You know, like that okay, southern. That, like you like you know how kind of bad, but sure. I know. Come on, yeah, like I'm from Alabama. Uh, let me do one. Okay, let me let's hear yours. Nice. Oh, oh, you, are you like we, a? You're like a. We, uh, we from Texas, y'all. <laughs> that was bad. Are you really? Yeah. Howdy, y'all. 
Howdy, y'all. What's cracking? <laughs> yeah, you can't have Midwest slang into Southern accent. What's cracking, lacking, y'all? But yeah, so and it's kind of like that. That's my part of my best analogy of it. Yeah, where like yeah, Mon Green dialect is kind of like the Alabama Southern, very like slurryish. I think kind of say okay, sure. You know, like they kind of slur their words together. That's how I hear it. Mm. Yeah, Mon Green to me is kind of like their words, kind of like just combine and kind of slur. Really, I I think of uh, Mon Green like Spanish, where like. You hear R's rolling and everything just kind of like rolls off the tongue. Right. But the thing is that the Spanish doesn't have an exact opposite dialect to that. You know what I'm saying? Because the way I see Mongdo is like very, um, you pronounce all the letters in Mongdo. It's, it's uh, um, white. like you enunciate. Everything. Yeah. You enunciate a lot of it. So it's like clearer to understand. Whereas, uh, next, that's what I'm saying. Like, whereas, whereas like mongering, you just kind of slur. Yeah. Them. And like, you got to have an ear for it. If you don't listen yeah. very well, you're not going to understand what they're saying. So that's what I'm saying. Like Spanish is different because Spanish is the same. I mean, of course it's going to be like the, the accents, mm-hmm. but it's not like the R's don't roll over here, yeah. but these yeah. R's roll. Yeah. So it's like very two different, two very different languages and they have different words and everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird because we literally live like we're like neighbors, you know, <laughs> like we're back in like Laos and Thailand. Yeah. Some of that, like we were literally like villages next to each other, yet created our own dialects from each other. Yeah, but I would have to say that nowadays, um, Hmong Do, Hmong White is becoming is the more becoming predominant, more prominent, yeah, yeah, or more dominant uh, dialect now, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that. A lot of the newer generation are losing the Hmong language, and so they kind of combine it with English, right? So then, when you combine it, it right? When you combine it with the English, you tend to kind of have that Hmong dialect or the white dialect now, or more like the enunciating because the American language, you know, you you enunciate a lot of the words. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like. like like that southern like Alabama slang, yeah. you know. So it kind of translates a lot better to Hong White than it does Hong Green. Yeah. I don't know, but do you think that the majority of the people are Hong White? I don't know. I kind of feel like that. That majority of the Hong people tend to speak Hong White, and I think that as we integrate more together, like the the Hong Greens and the Hong White integrate and married. Uh, I think people tend to lean more towards speaking Hmong white versus speaking Hmong green. It's kind of like if, if if a Hmong green and a Hmong white marries, the Hmong green would, would speak Hmong white. You think so? Rather than the, the Hmong white person speak the Hmong green dialect version of it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have... Anybody you know that speaks Hmong green? I only know one person. Who? My friend. One who lives in Minnesota. A doctor. Damn, why you gotta flex like that? The doctor. Well, well, oh because, yeah, because you're looking all confused. Yeah, because I was trying to think. Yeah, yeah. I was trying. I, I did, but she don't count. She don't even speak Hmong. She does speak Hmong. She oh. speaks Hmong Green. I oh, hear really? her speak Hmong Green to her parents all the time and Dude, to her grandma. I have never heard her speak. Really? Hmong. Yep. Dude, her Hmong Green is thick. 
<laughs> like it's like like legit bone green accent. She she that Popeye stick. <laughs> she got that Popeye stick dialect. Really, yeah. I would never I would never assume that she was exactly. Wow, that's why the first time I heard her speak, I was like, wait, what? She possessed? What's going on? <laughs> She's speaking tongues. I was like, wait. Are you speaking Hmong? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the subtitles? No, but yeah, my, my sister-in-law is Hmong Green and her whole family speaks Hmong Green. Which one? Is my, my oldest. Is she? Yeah, she's Hmong Green. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so my brother- Because when I hear her speak Hmong to your parents, it just sounds like Hmong White. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying, because mm. she came to our, she became part of our family. So now she kind of forces herself right. to speak Hmong White. Yeah, but when she talks to her mom, like you, you can hear the dialect, you know, and when oh, my brother talks to them, they, he kind of like say some of the words, but he, I think he still leaned towards more yeah. the Hmong White. I, I also do find it a lot more difficult to transition from White to Green. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like if if let's say you married, let's say I speak green and you married me, and, yeah, and it'll be harder for you to speak Hmong green than for me to speak Hmong white. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, cause I, I think it's easier. To, I think personally, I think it's easier to say the correct enunciation of mm-hmm. words than to add a slang to it. Yeah, you know, then go the opposite when yeah. you speak. You know, with when you announce all your words, and then go into like a slurish, yeah, yeah that becomes a bit harder. Mm-hmm. But anywho, man, we were on this topic for a long time. Two languages, or two dialects, same language, two dialects. But the the funny part is, the languages change depending on where you go. Except for Australia, Australia because they use English still down there. Yeah, um, their Hmong is still kind of the same. Mm-hmm. But I know that in in, in French and especially in uh, China, mm-hmm. the Hmong people that live there, their the, Hmongs are different. Yeah, their Hmongs are different. Yeah. Uh, I think French is still kind of the same, yeah. but in China, like I've seen videos of people who who of Hmong people who grew up in China, their Hmong is like you could pick out words, yeah, but you like it's, but but they have more of a Chinese accent and they use more of a Chinese uh, tonation. Really, I I, I just. I was like, oh, I just yeah. said two words. He just said like three mm-hmm. sentences. I only said he like two words. He just said me. And that, that yeah, was yeah, that's all I got from it, you know. <laughs> but anywho, and, oh, we can talk about the Hmong, uh, nothing but the Hmong yeah. languages that, um, that I found fascinating was that the Hmong language is tonal. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that like that before. Because, uh, you know, growing up, I, I've heard my parents listen to... Um, uh, these these songs, right? And they're listening to it, and then just like some dude blowing into a leaf, you know, it literally sounds like this. It's, it's like this. Yeah. 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 Uh, hopefully that doesn't hurt people's ears. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, it sounds like that, you know. And you know, they're just sitting there like jamming to it, and I'm just like, you're listening yeah. to some dude blow a leaf. Like, what's so? interesting and then like they were like oh like they were like respond to it right and i was like you start what clapping like oh man that was such a good joke and yeah, like, yeah. What? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like is there like a plan like you know a pamphlet that you guys are reading are there subtitles on the screen that you guys are reading like what's going on and it literally took me like until like two years ago <laughs> right where i saw this facebook video of um these mountain people who speak in a tonal language but the things that they live on the side of mountains, yeah. So they live very far apart, 
But because they live on the mountainside, everything they do it echoes. Like if they yell, it mm-hmm. echoes. So that's how they communicate, not through words, but through tones. So they were showing an example where one the old lady was talking to her neighbor, which is like two miles down or something. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, oh, 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 oh you know, yeah. and then the neighbor would reply, you know, oh, you know, sound like radio. Yeah. 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 And the old lady was like, oh, yeah, she said she's bringing coffee later. And I was like, what? And then it finally clicked, you know, it's like those two sparks touching, the two wires finally touched each other. And I was like, oh my God, this is how my family, my parents know what that leaf blower dude's doing. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, because it's like, once you have the ear for uh, the tonal stuff, you don't need to announce it, the, the words anymore. Yeah. You just, uh, you know, <laughs> okay, like okay. maybe not that. I don't dude, know we, what that we, means. we should, we should get good enough to the point where we could do that. Okay. Uh, no, 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 not like that. Okay, ready, ready, ready. I'm gonna try. Okay, okay. try to guess what I'm trying. I'm trying okay. to say. Oh, uh, okay. We do that again. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> I know what you're saying. What am I saying? I don't know. Yeah, 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 how do you like, s- like, I know, like, I've heard that before. Yeah, say it. Just think of what I try to say. Jay, say it again. Oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Yes. Just say it. Just think, just say whatever that came to mind. Do it one more time. Okay. Oh, uh, uh. Is, is that in English or Hmong? Hmong. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's in Why okay. would I do it in English? English is not a tonal language. Oh, sorry. It has to be Hmong. Okay, what am I saying? I don't know. Okay, just guess. Just guess like, the first uh, thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> just guess. Something. Ko. Right? Mm-hmm. Kopo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kopo. Something. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's close, that, isn't that, it? That's all I know. Yeah. It's that one word that I can't get. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Not close. Oh, okay. It's is uh como chai plao. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, you see that? Yeah. Yeah. See. So it's Sorry. like. It's are you hungry? Yeah. It's it translates, translates to are you hungry? But look at that. Mm-hmm. First time and look at that. Yeah. We should start doing this. So we at the store. Now it makes sense because sometimes I would like see my mom listening to those things and mm-hmm. she would start laughing like she had just heard a joke or something. And the TV's off, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't your mom deaf? <laughs> I was like, what's so funny? Like, it's just some leaf blowing music. Yeah. It's She's not like, music. Yeah. It's okay. You, you won't get it. I'm like, clearly, because I don't know what they're saying. But yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I really good. want I really want us to learn how to do that. So when you just store, oh, uh, oh, 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 people are like, what the heck is wrong with these two people? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I think so. Like, like I said, I literally just connected this like two years ago. <laughs> I I've been home my whole life, <laughs> been home my whole life, you know. And I just realized that the because the Hmong language was tonal, that you don't need to say the words. You can just mm-hmm. you know, kind of just go with the um, the pitches, and yeah. people will understand. Because if you look at the way the Hmong language is written, um, the last letter is the tone. Yeah. And for people who don't understand that, the last letter is like 
how how high or low like it's do you like go high pitch. or low yeah it's a pitch of it so go is like what k-o-j mm-hmm. yeah so go. yeah go mm-hmm. you know but the things that you say like go or something like that you know <laughs> i don't know you go yeah go yeah go go yeah so go yeah, so like <laughs> um go is you mm-hmm. uh go <laughs> no, you're not. You're not even saying it. Yeah, right. see, it's like I have trouble with it, you know, because go is you. Yeah, go is touch. Yeah, but the thing is that it's spelled the same. It's it, not spelled the same. Oh, well, I don't know. The but ending the, is, is different, right? It's spelled the same, but the ending is different, and mm-hmm. the ending teaches you like, do you go low yeah, or go high, yeah. or like go low high, you know? It's like go me. Yeah, go gold. Mm-hmm. Or hot. I don't know which one's which. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anywho, I don't want to spend too much time because. Uh, but yeah, that's just like a but quick the thing is like of, yeah, yeah of the tonations of words. Because we could go on a whole topic on the Hmong mm-hmm. language. Because I because yeah. now that I'm older, I feel like it's it's very fascinating. Yeah. You know these these small nuances that I wish our parents would have told us, but they did. You got you have to consider that at okay. one point they did, but no, no. we were just too no, 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 like. No, no. Your parents may have told you, not mine. Mm. Mine didn't care. My my parents used to teach us how to read Hmong because we would go to church uh, and we had to read Hmong when we were singing along with the choir. Does, you know? does your mom know how to read Hmong? Yeah, my mom knows how to read and write Hmong. Yeah, see, my mom. But she doesn't, doesn't know how to read or write in English. Right, but my mom doesn't know how to read or write at all. Mm. Yeah, so my dad never taught my mom how to read and write. So and my dad was always working. Not only that, does but does your dad know how to? Yeah. Read and write Hmong? Yeah. Oh, okay. He knows how to read and write Hmong. He knows how to read and write English somewhat. English a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But he also knows how to speak, um, I think, Thai mm. and like, uh, what's the language you speak in Laos? Blah. Blah, yeah. Mm. Laotian? Yeah, Laotian. <laughs> so he don't speak four languages. Yeah. But not three. English is kind of like a half English. <laughs> he like barely speaks English. But... Yeah, but my the point is that my dad was never around. He was always working. Uh, he worked second shift, so by the time we get up, the he he was up when we got up to go to school. By uh-huh. the time we come back home, he's gone. Yeah. Then by the time we go to sleep, that's when he shows up. And then the weekend, my dad was the head clan member. Yeah. So he he was the uh, the lore clan in Milwaukee, the head guy. So he was always out doing like you know clan related stuff yeah so he was never around during the weekend so he never taught us how to read and write hmm. and my mom doesn't know how to read and write you know so she never taught us any of that stuff either my mom actually learned how to read and write mong from through church ah see mm-hmm. my, yeah we didn't really go to church like that so that's how my mom learned how to read and write my dad went to school so that's how he learned how to read and write. Yeah, see, so that's why my 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 experience is completely different from yours. Mm-hmm. We were never taught this stuff. My brothers and them all learned how to read and write Hmong from karaoke songs. <laughs> you know, Hmong karaoke songs. Yeah, that's all they did. They just watch Hmong karaoke songs. They want to sing along, and you know, also because the karaoke songs would like show the letters and stuff like that so they learned how to read through that mm-hmm. but to me it's like i was never really involved in the home world because nobody all my cousins and then my older brothers and stuff to hang out with my cousins and them so they were always on their own thing 
And I was like that perfect age gap where I'm too young to hang out with the older crew. I'm too old to hang out with the younger crew. So I'm like in this limbo where I had to find my own friends. There was not that many Hmong friends I could really get, you know, in touch with. And even your Hmong friends didn't know how to speak Hmong or write Hmong very well. Well, no, I didn't even have any Hmong friends. I had one Hmong friend growing up, mm-hmm. you know, and he barely spoke Hmong either. He spoke exactly. English because the rest of us, I, I'm best friends with, uh, 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 best friend with a, um, what's the right term? Is it, is Mexican offensive? No, Mexican is not offensive. Okay. Yeah. I'm best friend with a Mexican. I'm best friend with like. Uh, Why would you think Mexican is offended? I don't know. I just feel like you know nowadays you never know what offends people. Because <laughs> I, I remember people were talking about like don't call them Mexican. It's like Latinx or something like that. Or Hispanic. Or yeah, something yeah, like or that, Hispanic. Yeah. yeah, but Mexicans more direct because that's what he was. Cause Hispanic covers like all um, Spanish speaking. Right. You know, like Puerto Ricans too. But yeah, so I, I have a Mexican. He was my next door neighbor, right? Best friend Mexican. Uh, another best friend who's half Mexican, half white, mm-hmm. who doesn't speak Spanish. I have a white friend, you know, another mm-hmm. best friend is white. Yeah, so like none of them were Hmong, none of them speak Hmong. They all speak like English, so we just spoke English to each other all the time. And, you know, my parents were never around, and I never really talked to my parents in Hmong either. So that's why I don't speak the Hmong language. And it was only until like a couple of years ago that I started speaking Hmong again. And now I got to the point where I stopped. Which is like around twelve year old, so that's why my Hmong sounds like a twelve year old talking, because that's as far <laughs> as I got. You know, yeah. I, I never, I never got to do, uh, expand my Hmong language after that. Uh, you know, I think I, I, I want my younger brothers and them to speak Hmong because mm-hmm. I don't want them to end up like me. Yeah, you know. No, I grew up speaking Hmong. Like I, we had to take my parents to like their doctor appointments or to like whatever appointments that they needed us to, you know, go with them for. And so we would have to translate. So, like, we had to learn how to speak Hmong, and we had to speak Hmong at home. Yeah. So we kind of had to pick that up. Yeah, I I, I didn't. It was horrible. I would still use English words, you know? I mean, like, would I say that my Hmong is as great as, you know... Yeah, but it's better than mine. Right. Dude, if the doctor came in and was like, your dad has a hernia, (laughs) tell him he has a hernia. I'll be like, dad, (laughs) got my hernia. (laughs) You know (laughs) know what I'm saying? I'm just literally saying you have hernia in home, you know, but still using the hernia word in English, which is another fascinating part. We are seeing the evolution of the Hmong language right in our, our, uh, we're like living through it. Yeah. Because... Because Hmong, Hmong people, we, we don't have technology growing up in, in Thailand, Laos, in Southeast Asia, right? Like I said, we, we were the first piggy that got his house blown by the wind, not the wolf. Right. You know? And By the wind. <laughs> you know? Like, we had torches and stuff like that. Our, our walls, you could... There's stories about how you pick up chicks by talking through the wall <laughs> yeah. to them. You know? Like, that's, that's our technology level. Hey, you want to go holler at girls? In their bedroom through their wall. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, like that's And then you blow a leaf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's entertainment. That's music. Yo, you got your sandals. Get your sandals. Can you imagine how that would have been like you courting me through my bedroom wall? Yeah. Hey. 
Hey, hey, trees still up? <laughs> shh, 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 not so loud. Your parents are sleeping right there. <laughs> <laughs> right next to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right next to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that's how we were. So, so the Hmong language was, I, it was very limited to what we know. And then all suddenly we get this huge culture shock about like all these other things. Hmong people didn't have a word for planes. You know that? Yeah. Hmong people don't have words for planes, so so we had to make up words in Nyo, our life. Nyohong. Nyohong. No, it's it's um uh man. I forgot what it's called. Isn't that what it's called? Nyohong, yeah, I mean yeah, Nyohong is one of them, but oh. there was another term for it. It's um it's like Dalhao or something like that. Oh, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, you're probably making up some stuff. No, it's legitimately what it's called. I'm pretty sure I'm I'm saying it incorrectly, 100%. (laughs) Right? But I remember it has the word boat in it. Gaul, right? That's like that one story. What? (laughs) Last week. (laughs) What? What? When uh, when you said you wanted red potatoes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. And the curry. Now, enunciation is very important tonation is very important and a perfect example was that sue tried to tell me that he wanted red potatoes in his curry but instead because his tonation was off he said he wanted a red penis in his curry i want some dick all right i knew exactly what i wanted i want some dick all right i want some red dicks in the curry i stand for what i said i said what i said yeah, and and the, and the tonation also with your back. You said it wrong; it's different. You're like, "Modakau," you know, "Modakau," <laughs> yeah. right? But if you said it wrong, like "Modakau," you know, <laughs> then it's like it's literally the same. It's like, oh, it's like, what's wrong with your back? Like, oh, "Modakau," "Modakau," you know. And people are laughing. You're like, "Oh, what's wrong? Your 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 dick hurts? Why are you holding your back? And your dick hurts?" You know, it's like right here. My modakau, you know. You see how she's laughing her ass off because she's hearing me saying my dick hurts, you know. Yep. Yeah, because I remember I said that like when I was growing up, like when I was like thirteen years old, I said it to my mom. She laughed her ass off <laughs> and then beat my ass. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, that's that's a yeah. perfect example of how tonations can go wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when tonations go wrong, yeah. I should make a video of how people when tonations go wrong. But um, what were we talking about this before? So, yeah, what, what, what were oh, we talking about? Oh, I was talking about how the evolution of the Hmong language oh, is right. happening right yes. before our, our right. eyes. Because right now, like, uh, as we get more educated, um, as Hmong people get more educated into the modern world, there's a lot of words that Hmong people don't have, especially in the in the um, the medical field. Yeah, like bacteria. Um, so the, like because there's no words for those they use a number just, of words to describe right. it it's more of a description like for example bacteria and things like that like uh, flu like bacteria mm-hmm. they say kamo mm-hmm. right kamo but kamo means uh, um, hurt insect kind of mm-hmm. like like an insect that's hurtful like if you translate it um, word for word it means right yeah, insect hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like we don't have a word for bacteria, so we just use gamal, you know? 
we describe what it is, not necessarily what it is exactly. Mm-hmm, right. And so a lot of the new terms that we're coming up with, especially like I said, in the, in the medical field, is just a lot of um, description of exactly what's happening, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's a, you you know some, like I, I don't know enough. Like uh, appendicitis. Whoa. We have a word for it now. What is Nutu. it? Nutu. Nutu. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying like there's other words that like uh, describes... You know, whereas the English language have like AIDS and HIV, got young. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anywho, you didn't even know that. Yeah, I don't know that. Because uh, exactly. I never, I never need the to know evolution that. Evolution of medical words. Yeah. So there's a lot or of things anatomy, that, I should say. That that Hmong people, the Hmong language is still growing. But I mean, that's that's kind of how the Hmong culture is. The how I view the Hmong culture. Mm-hmm. I view the Hmong culture as as taking from others and incorporate it to our life because, because a lot of our words are some of the words are from like thai words yeah from laotian words yep. some are even vietnamese yep. yeah some are chinese mm-hmm. you know like we the Hmong language is like america's history you know what i'm saying it's a yeah. melting pot we just took words from everyone else because we we never had a, a area where we we like cultivated our language. You know, we are always moving around, and because we have no homeland, we we don't have a land to return to. We had to adjust our language to whoever we're living with, and now Honglish is becoming a thing. <laughs> you know, yes, no. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating some Swedish fish. Yeah, this dude. Were you munching on on recording? Nobody wants to hear. No, every time I munch, I step back. Oh, fat ass. But uh, so the clans that we know of, and so just in case the people out there, uh, for people who may run into an Asian person who has a certain last name, may potentially be Hmong. What are they? Uh, Jaws. Jaws. Changs. Changs. Hers. Hers. Lores. Lores. Lees. Lees. Moors. Moors. Taos. Taos. Vangs. Vangs. Zhongs. Zhongs. Yangs. Yangs. Was that 10? That's 10. All right. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's eight more. There's, there's, technically, there's like a, a official 18 clans of home people. Yeah. Um, But the, those... The tens that we name off are the more common ones. Yeah. There's probably like another like two or three that's more common too. Mm-hmm. But like the the next like five or something are kind of like very, very like you won't yeah, really like find you, them. Like you apparently you've never heard of hangs. Which which call me? There's Thors. Thors are towels. Hey, that's another category. Okay. Silvings, low vangs. They're all vangs. That's what I'm saying. Like these are to me, okay. Me personally, these are subsects of uh subsections subs subsections of vangs. Silo vang, low vangs, y'all just vangs who want to have their own last name, all right? <laughs> y'all just want to date y'all cousins. <laughs> but they can't even date each other. Oh, really? Did you know that? Mm. Low vangs, style vangs, and vangs cannot date each other. Good. That's also a part of the culture. Yeah. You cannot date someone who shares the same last name as you. So 
a lore cannot date a lore. A vein cannot date a vein. A zhong cannot date a zhong. That is considered taboo. Unless you're David Yang. I'm just kidding. Because no hate, the, no hate, no hate. The idea is that when someone shares your last name, they're most likely related to you. Yeah. But the thing is, like, the, the Hmong people, we live so close to each other that we're all related. Because when you when you go to another family, when the girl's married into, uh, that, that's what it is. The girl marries into the men's family. Right. They take on the men's uh, last name, mm-hmm. and they're no longer part of. For example, I said that you're you're a girl, you're a Vang, and you married to a Lore family. You're no longer a Vang. You're now a Lore. You are now a part of his family. Yeah. So at the end of the day, even though you guys have separate last names, that could literally be your your cousin, like your um, your older sister's. I don't know, husband. I don't know. Pretty much, Duke. You guys like, even though you guys have different last names, you guys could literally be cousins, or or second cousins. But I feel like everyone who lives, like I feel like all Hmong people are related some way somehow. That's my uncles, aunts, grandpas, daughters, dog's <laughs> cousin. You know. So you're saying that we're related? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You. What? I don't want to be related to you. I don't either. Damn. You want to talk smack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah you know i think distantly we're related somehow that's that's just how more people are i don't think you have any like any of my family's gene in your family like we i i think we're far separated enough to not be that closely related Oh yeah, like there's no way we're like second cousins oh, or yeah. third cousins. No way. Oh, but, no way we're second, third, fourth, fifth. We're probably like 150th cousins. Oh, we're not that far. I guarantee oh, you. No, we're pretty far. I guarantee you, we're probably like eighth cousins or something. Oh. <laughs> we're moving to Alabama, boys. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're moving to Alabama. No, I know for a fact we're not related. Okay, good. Because trust me, my parents did the research. <laughs> oh really? Oh mm-hmm. okay. Because when I told them that I was dating you, the first thing they said was, what are his parents' names? <laughs> That's always the um, the question that most people ask. But exactly. Because they want to know, whether they want not, to know yeah. how close you yeah. are to each other. So my mom and dad went and chit-chatted and do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do and found out your whole entire family history and said, okay, that's fine. Okay. He's, he's not related to us. Good. So good. Yeah, I told my parents... And my dad was like, um, yeah, what, what's her, like, dad and mom's name? You know, I told them, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> they're like, all right, dude, whatever, man. <laughs> as long as that name doesn't ring a, a bell, yeah. a bad reputation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what else? Anyways, yeah. So this, we covered there's not a lot of Hmong people, even though there's, there are pockets of a lot of Hmong people, there's not a lot of mm-hmm. us. You know, comparison to like the population of the city. Uh, right. there's, there's more of us now. What else? The Hmong language. We covered that Vietnam War. Uh, oh, the Hmong culture. We talked about the religion, but we didn't need to talk about the culture. Hmong culture is still uh, old school culture, is that women are like second class citizens. Yeah, compared it's still to very men. patriarchal. Yeah. It's still very man's at the top, women kind of washes their feet. Yeah, yeah, and it's still like that way in our relationship too. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that funny, huh? Oh man, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
but yeah, that's how that's how it was. Uh, for like the like people who like to keep it old school. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I never noticed this before until you brought it up. That growing up, this is was how it was. That the men were all sitting at the table. The the women's were. Uh, you didn't know sir- that. No, like I I didn't see it as. Oh, you the, didn't pay attention. Right, where as, it was noticeable. Right, because it was always you were just, a man. That's why. No, because I was a kid. How about that? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, yeah, this dude. You act like I was sitting at the table, like, mm-hmm, yeah, this is the way life is supposed to be. No, this is the way. Yeah, this is the way. <laughs> no, I was, I was a kid, so like, you know, like all the kids, the boys and girls, we all played together. And when when the when it was time to eat, the men would just sit and eat. We don't care because we we will just grab our yeah. plates from the kitchen anyways, not from the table. So we always thought that it was always something business related. Mm, right i see what you're saying here yeah so we always just assume that it's the men's talking discussing about business the women will just clean and do it whatever right we didn't see anything a problem with it until i was older i realized oh the men are literally like yeah even though they are discussing business stuff like that because they're technically quote-unquote the heads of the household they're not discussing business let's be realistic okay i know but the thing is that like usually when you the way i all the parties that i have been to where um where the men sat at the table mm-hmm. tend to be more like, what are we going to do about a certain right. situation? It's not about, oh, it's my kid's birthday. You know, mm-hmm. come celebrate with me. Yeah. <clears throat> a better explanation is that whenever we, whenever Hmong families have parties or gatherings, there's always a table that is set specifically for men. Right. And all the men in the family, they would sit at this table and they would be served by women. Yes. And it's only until they are finished eating that women get to eat. Yeah. And women eat leftovers. Mm-hmm. So they feed the men first. So the men would eat to their content. And then they will all get up and leave. And they will all get up, leave. They would leave all their dishes there. Women would pick up after them and then eat whatever leftover that is, you know. That's right. There. That's how it should be. And even to this day. Right, even to this relationship. Because I know your your family <laughs> still does that. Not really. I don't I don't really see it anymore to be honest. Like to be honest, we literally the way we do it now is we just set up the table. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. We literally set up the um the the, the table of all the food and then we just line up to go get it. But that's for your intermediate family though oh yeah that's for intermediate family and friends but when you guys have actual traditional Hmong gatherings and Hmong reunions you guys still set the table and let men eat first yeah i don't i don't i don't intend to though so i don't really see those anymore so but i think that tradition should go away i feel like one Hmong women have done enough you know, to not be treated like second-class citizens. Right. And I think that the um, being in America really helped that. Seeing that, like, you know, it's okay for women to get higher status, go get better jobs, get better positions, you know, have higher education, start to show that, look, we are respectable. You can't treat us like this. We're not going to stand for this anymore. And that's why I say, like, nowadays, I don't really see that. I don't agree with that kind of, you know, tradition. I think that I prefer the the tradition where we all just laid out the food and then everyone just lined up and just grab the food as like kind of like a buffet style, mm-hmm. you know? Like potluck style. Yeah. Get yeah. in line, pick whatever you want yeah. to eat. And, you know, I, I don't want to see 
tables of men anymore of only men you know but who knows yeah that's why i i tell you that that's something that i can't accept or do anymore i can't set tables for men so don't expect that from me that's fine we just smack talk you when you're not around. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to invite you. Like, oh, where's your oh, wife? That's, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's your wife? And I was like, I just tell them, oh, she's being a bad wife. She said, I'm here looking for a second wife. <laughs> oh, please. I will look for a wife that will set table for men. <laughs> she could sit at home and pout. Yep. Yeah. Nah, I'm just kidding. All jokes, all jokes, okay? <laughs> Jeez, I better not hear. I better not see people take these snippets and use it. These are all jokes. She's in a possessive relationship. Yeah, look. she is mentally abused. <laughs> she is, um, what's the word? Uh, she is oppressed in this relationship. Gone, <laughs> yeah. the oppression of women. <laughs> Please. This dude lived the best life she's living right now. I cook for her. I clean for her. That's not true. That is true. <laughs> okay, that's very true. Yeah, I'll lie. This dude, I'm oppressed. <laughs> hey, you get fed. That's true. Okay, that's enough. That's I, get, I get fed leftovers when she's done eating. <laughs> I get whatever she's not eating. That's true, too. Yeah, this dude... Yeah, she over here has like meal, like chicken and stuff like that. I get, I get noodles, <laughs> noodles and leftovers. Anywho, I think that's enough about home people. I, I feel like, like I said, this, there's still a lot of topics that we could go through that would take, you know, they're, they're its own podcast in itself that we mm-hmm. could talk about. But I think right now, overall, you guys should get the gist of right. home people. Like marriage, that's another topic we could yeah. talk about later on. Maybe when we get married. Yeah, marriage. We'll the, talk about our wedding. The process of marriage, all that stuff. We can talk more about uh, shamanism, or I can talk more about shamanism and what it means and stuff like that. We could probably focus more on the Vietnam War, like I said, mm-hmm. the Vietnam War. Um, yeah, like I said, there's still a lot of topics left. So, but um, I think this this is a good this is a good one. I think I'm satisfied to end it here. What do you think? Sure. All right, man. I guess we we'll catch you guys in the next Bowls to Bowls podcast. Later. Peace.